So, uh, guys, how about a couple of stories from the road uh, with the Gap Band? You know, what are one or two experiences that stand out the most, uh, whether good or bad, you know, or funny or whatever? Uh, I can share one story that I remember that really helped to launch us into even being more cocky and more confident about who we were. First year we went on the road, we were down in Augusta, Georgia, or some of the places. And they told us, you got 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or something, some of the short set, because we were opening act. And I forget who else was on the show. It may be Cool in the Gang and, and somebody, or somebody, I don't know who it was, but dude, we were rocking. The band was killing it. We were killing it. And we went past our time, and whoever the promoter was or whoever the, the stage manager was, pulled the power plug on the stuff. It actually happened. They threatened that if you're not through, we're gonna. They pulled the plug on us, and we. The crowd was like, ah, it was. I mean, they went crazy. It was a small venue, but we was killing it. They pulled the plug on us, man, and we just it still wouldn't stop. It's like, like, I, well, I guess that's it. No, and, and it, to me, I remember that like it happened yesterday. It's like they pulled the plug on us and didn't turn it back on. We were through, and so it was kind of an awkward story, you know, but. You know, back in the day, they would plug. If you are new, and that was our, we were new. That was our first year being out there. We didn't, I guess we didn't believe it. They, we figured if we got the house going, you can't cut us off. Well, they cut us off. <laughs> Look, we, we used to have few feuds with other bands. Speaking of cameo, yeah. At the city one year, we had a feud with cameo about who going on first and who going on second. Yeah, yeah. And we went to Kansas City. And Charlie and them held they held up the show for damn near an hour trying to decide who was gonna go on first and who was gonna go on second. And the crowd was just Yeah. And they could not they, you know, it, it was a battle between Larry Blackman, they had word up and we had, you know, you dropped the ball. Yeah. And, uh, and it was a battle between who was gonna go on first and who was gonna go on second. And neither one of them weren't budging on who who who's gonna headline and who's gonna so we had shit like that happening all the time. Yeah. And if you had to go, if they if the promoter decided, well, y'all gotta go on first, you made sure you put all the stops, baby, and you went for the juggler with that house. So if you're gonna come behind me, you better have your stuff together. That was your attitude. And they would they would do us the same way, whoever the band was. It's like, oh yeah. Cameo we, put fire yeah. on your ass. Yes, sir. We're gonna open up, you better bring your A game after. We gonna we gonna light it up in here, and that was kind of like an ongoing thing with bands. You don't see bands doing that anymore. No, nah, it was a definitely robbery thing going on back in those days. Cameo, us, the function, the barcades, yeah. barcades. Yeah, uh, you know, it, you know, Lakeside. All these bands are like, you know, yeah. it was a lot of egos. Yeah, a lot of egos, dog. And everybody felt like we the band. We the, hit the stage. Yeah, when we hit the stage, buddy, you coming after us, it's going to be smoking embers. Yeah. We're going to cook everything. <laughs> but see, that was honesty. But the, the reason why I, those days were the greatest days of music to me is because it wasn't about nobody getting shot or rappers, yeah. the way rappers want to fucking just be crazy with the craziness of their concerts, almost shit like that. We, we had honest to good. You know, battling which he battle of the bands. Yes. Uh, who's the best band? It wasn't about 
you know, you know, feuding or beefs with each other over some dumb shit and somebody getting shot. Yeah. Like today's music and rappers and that whole shit. It was literally about who's the best band. Yeah, the art. Who's going to bring it? Yeah. Hey, man, all that, man. Um, very cool. So how about a philosophical question, gentlemen? <laughs> I don't know that word. What does that mean? Philosophical, philosophical question about something that's very uh, guttural and, and part of the soul, and that's funk music. So what does funk mean to each of you, and how do you describe it to somebody? And why do you think it's sort of been, you know, kept in the closet a little bit, you know, over the years in the music industry? You know, it doesn't get quite the same acclaim as like jazz or country or whatever is its own genre. So what is it about funk that makes it unique? What does it mean to you? And, and why is it a little hush-hush? Well, I, I think with funk, I mean, just the word funk, you know, when you think of it, it's a... For me, funk music is a feeling. It's a vibe. You can see that by any kind of music, all the different types of music. It's a vibe. It's a, an atmosphere that's created when it's played. But funk uniquely connects to the rawness and the edginess of life, whether it's having to do with sex and the kind of smells that go with it or whether it has to do with the sweat because you're playing so hard. Funk has a, a connection to those, those parts of life that are reserved maybe for, you know, maybe private. I mean, just the word funk. But if it's funky, you can feel it. And it touches the, the most base levels of who we are. You know, in funk, it's that boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. It's something about them low frequencies that touch the human soul in a way that high frequencies doesn't. And so when you got that beat, boom, 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 it does something to you that's really raw and it touches the base element of who we are as humans. And I think in some ways we kind of shy away from that. We don't want to see that part of who we are. We want the pretty side, the popular side, the, the good looking side. You know, I got my makeup on. Now I'm sweaty, I'm funky. I'm having sex, it's raw. I mean, funk has that kind of connotation. And so I think that word funky kind of, you know, some people are just gonna be distanced from it just because you said that word. But the quality of, I mean, what it does to the to, to affect humans, I think is is unmistakable and undeniable, Doc. When that beat, if it's funky, Doc, it's gonna touch you if you're a human. So so I think that's kind of why it you know, may, may have something to do with why it's kind of, you know, maybe on the back burner, just the connotation that goes with what it, what parts of being human it connects to, that elemental part of us, the base level, you know, the sex and the, and the sweat and the, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, that, that beat, that beat, man, it just sounds like riles you up and makes you do some stuff that maybe otherwise you wouldn't do. <laughs> basically, basically what he's saying is if you, if you listen to funk versus jazz, funk makes you move. If you if most of the time yeah. it's funky, your ass is gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but jazz don't do that to you like that. Or pop music don't do it really like that. Mm -hmm. You feel it when it's the funk. It's like man, that's funky. Yeah. That's, oh, you got oh, shit is funky. <laughs> you know, that's the first thing you say. You know. Yeah. Like, and you yeah. feel it. Your, your body literally feels it. It's going to make you move. You tap your foot or your head's going to bounce if it's funky. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If it's funky, yeah. you're going to be like, uh, okay. That's all right. You know, yeah, yeah. 
You know, you know, big props to a young artists who are out there. There's some guys out there, man, that are really, really ain't nothing funky out there though. Ain't nothing yeah. I, not popularized. I think you know, you, you the, the two genres that are really, you know, you'll hear is funk and then traditional R and B. They're not as popular as they were back then. You know, those two genres I've kind of like had to take a back seat to strictly pop music or rap. I mean, Bruno Mars is, is a good artist. He's a great writer, producer, and all of that. But it's, he's only had a couple of songs that I could say that was really funky. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, you bring him up, Raymond. Were you surprised at all that uh, that lawsuit happened with, with the Gap Band's music related to uh, his song? That's part of the publisher's if you want to get technical about it, that was some bullshit to me. Uh, that was just part of a publisher, and I don't want to say his name, John Fogarty, uh, <laughs> that was just greedy, thirsty, just looked for any kind of opportunity to say that the idea of the wording or whatever or phrasing you stole from us. To make your record a big it's bullshit, man. Come on, man. Get out of here. And he won. So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about because he won. He had enough powerful lawyers that believed in that and they got a percentage of that song by Bruno Mars. But personally, I still think it was it was bogus. It was fr frivolous. It was like bamboozled. That's <laughs> it. I don't see it at all. Uptown Funk, he's talking about. I don't, I don't see it at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just rhythmically, it was the same rhythm. So who owns the rhythm, though? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. It wasn't like they said, oops, upside your head. But they so said, Mary, So Mary had a little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. So if I go. <laughs> so you can sue me. And get, I, I, yeah. You know, let's, yeah. Let's, that's, let's be realistic. It's a stretch, man. It's a stretch. Talk about walking the fine line. Bobby is known for taking a stretch and getting money from people. I'm a perfect example. Most of the samples on Outstanding, for example, that I got paid on were just the drum percussion part in the beginning of the damn record. He went after people just over that one little drum beat. Wow. I swear to God, Shaquille O'Neal had to give up 70% of his song. No, not Shaquille O'Neal. Somebody that just used that much of the drum sample had to give up 70% of the song because they didn't get a clearance from Fogarty to use something. So he, he, it's something to what he says that, oh, you stole some of my, my copyright here and I'm going after your ass. And he wins. I end up getting 70 wow. Of a song from somebody just because they use that's it. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, was, this is a whole nother discussion about, uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, happening. yeah, yeah. So, uh, other subject. yeah. But in the interest of time, already taking up a lot of your guys' time, really appreciate it. Um, let's get back to you know what was happening with the band. Um, in the late 80s, they started to kind of fade away. Um, it was interesting to me, 
to see, you know, even like Gap Band 8, but they got, but when they got to that point, it looked like, you know, the cover, you know, they weren't on the cover. It looked like the cover was just thrown together. It didn't have a very, you know, professional or polished look. And the material was just not up to the way it, it used to be. Um, although I think, um, Oliver, you had a producer credit. Really? On that what song? Let me see. Um, yeah, I, see. I don't have it associated with the song here, but. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe I did. I know about it. I was long gone. What song yeah. was the album, uh, Scott? This will we will not. I'm going to pull it up. Let's song with it out. Okay, big fun. Oh, yeah, big fun. Let's see. Uh, I came in without you, get loose, get funky. Let's see. I mean, I don't know what I would. I don't know. Let me see. I don't know what song I, I, they would give me credit for now. Let's see. Let's see. Here it is. That's all right. We don't have to get specific on that one, but let's just talk about those late '80s records as a whole, okay. if we could. Um, okay, there it is. I got two songs on there. Don't take it away and uh, keep holding on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I again, them going in the cans, putting stuff that I'd recorded maybe years before, and because they didn't have enough creativity going on, just dropping a couple of my songs on the record and having Charlie sing because most of those songs I had done vocals on. So Charlie could just go in and do the vocal stuff the way he would want to do it, interpret it, and drop it on it. And, and usually would do a good enough job to where it would sound okay. So I think that's what they did. I actually, you know, when I listened to the, their version of some of those songs, they did hardly anything musically to them. It just, they just went and put Charlie's vocal on them. And those songs were demos. They were not final products produced to the end. There was just me putting down ideas for songs. And it, it's unfortunate that they had gotten to the point where they just pulled stuff out of the cans and nobody would produce it. Said, Charlie, just go sing on it, and we're going to put it under an album. Hey, and well, apparently they weren't even doing covers then either. Yeah. Look, <laughs> hey, hey, I happen to be involved in that record. I got my hand up. I'm, I'm, let me get in here. Go ahead. Go ahead. That was that album that the brothers were kind of like rebellious against Lonnie at that time. Okay. Just put any old damn thing out. Yeah. Big fun made me perfect example. He just put big fun out. Charlie was being very rebellious with Lonnie at that time. I remember that record. Yeah, they were on their way out then. It was hitting the fan big time. On that yeah, record. they were on their way. They wouldn't be... come in the studio and work. You know, so Charlie would just put, be down there with Rudy. I mean, Ronnie, Lonnie would be down there with Rudy just putting together anything. That's how big fun came about. Wow. Yeah. So things were starting to yeah, it started to kind of implode, explode, whatever. It uh, yeah. total experience, and and they ended up going to Capitol, real briefly. So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Can you talk a little more about that, uh, Raymond? You know about yeah. what's I, I, happening there. The Capitol record. That's after everything imploded on that big fun album that the brothers wanted out at that point. They were done with Lonnie, and, and they would, and but he wouldn't let them go. You know what I'm saying? So you know, finally some kind of deal happened where he let them go. I think they get, end up giving up all of their rights to all of those records. Yeah. And, and he let them go over the Capitol. They met this guy named Eric Gold, who was a manager at the time. Eric Gold had, uh, he was involved with um, 
You know this show called In Living Color? Mm-hmm. He was the executive in charge on In Living Color. He was the producer of this movie called I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. Uh-huh. Where that band, we wrote, a, we did a song for that movie. And, and, and from that point, he wanted to, uh, wanted the Gap Band to be involved with him. I'm gonna give you a little trivia that just stop. If you don't know, you might want to take a little liner notes on this shit here. Do you know that me, Ronnie, Robert, Eric Gold, and Charlie, we discovered. Jennifer Lopez. Wow. And this is how that happened. Eric Gold was the executive in charge on In Living Color. That was his show. At the same time, he had a record deal for the Gap Band over at Capitol. He said, y'all want y'all to come down to the, this dance studio. We picking out these girl dancers for the TV show In Living Color. So we went down there on down on a sunset and sat there and watched all these hundred girls dance and shit. We wow. literally picked Jennifer Lopez to be one of the fly girls. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Real true story right there. Wow. I, I so on my beans that that truly happened. Now, going back to the Capitol record. We did that record in an apartment. Basically, the budget was given to Ronnie. Ronnie was like, okay, we're going to go in the studio in this apartment I got over in Inglewood. Me, John Black, Roman Johnson, Ronnie Wilson. Yeah. Robert, I can't think of whoever else was involved, but we were the main core of the people that were involved in that record. And uh, we wrote songs like Wednesday Lover. Yeah. Um, we, we can make it all right. Uh, and and I wrote, believe it or not, Scott, I wrote the last Gap Band number one record, which was All of My Love, off that album. That was the last record off of any Gap Band album that went number one. Wow. Um, and uh, at that point, you know, capital was capital was behind the record. Now, like I said, you can edit this shit out. Come on, Cha-Cha, get out of here. You can edit it out if you want, but it's the truth. I'm just giving you the real truth about how stuff went down, man. It was, you know, we, we was working hard on that record, man. And went to the Bahamas, the big things. Charlie was really strung out during that time. He was still trying to... And then at the time, they were trying to get Eric Gold to spend all this money to tell capital to promote that album. You know, and Capital got, I, I ended up getting the first single off the record. All My Love was the first single off the record, and they went to number one and did well. But after that, they started to try to release all the singles, and there was some clashes between Ronnie and the management, and clashes between Robert going up to Capitol and acting a fool. And uh, at that point, Capital jumped off the record, stopped promoting the record. Yeah. I don't want to tell you the whole story, but it, it just got ugly. And uh Capital shut up, get out of out of here. I try to get my little dog out of my room. She likes to come in on this carpet, my drum carpet and take a piss. Get your ass out of here. Uh you know it got ugly. 
They broke their ties with Eric Gold, who was the main guy that made the connection for the record over at Capitol. Uh, they broke their ties with him. Uh, and at that point, Capitol would just tank the record. Yeah. And that was the only one they would do for Capitol. That yeah. was the only record they did for Capitol. I noticed, you know, in listening to that record, too, um, it seemed like New Jack Swing influence definitely came into the sound then, too. So, well, that, well I did All My Love. That's what, That was the flavor I was giving to that yeah. song, because I did the track on that song. And I did the vocals on that song and the melody on that song. So I kind of gave that whole New Jack vibe. I was listening to Teddy Riley and all of them. Uh, uh, uh. You know, that was the vibe I was giving up from that. And... Uh, John Gass, who was a Babyface and M's producer, I mean, an engineer, he went in the studio and then he went and did a remix of it to kind of really gave it that New Jack feel to it. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but, uh, but that was the only single that made it off there that it did it. And then everything else, We Can Make an All Right, Wednesday Lover, all that stuff came off, came after, but they, Capital wasn't promoting the record at that time. Yeah. If to me, I mean, I, it seemed it seemed Raymond like that could have really set them up for that '90s, you know, because it was kind of a transitional record in terms of sound, new label. I mean, it could have seemingly so much gone in the other way toward continued success rather than just falling apart like it did. They, they had a chance with that. I thought they they, they really had their chance with that album. I, we all had hopes that Capital was going to get the, get behind the record, you know, the whole album for that matter, because there was some good songs on that album, you know. And uh, like I said, after All My Love and the, and the relationship with Eric Goldman, that they just completely lost focus over Capitol and just said, we, wow. We don't want to do At that point, Charlie was ready to go solo. So Oliver, what were you doing during this period? And uh, when did you guys come back together? And when did the Gap Band experience start happening? And all that good stuff. Ah, yeah, the good stuff. Well, it, it started on a sad note. Uh, as you know, Robert passed in 2010, August 2010. We all went to, I, I left Texas and came to, my brother prayed a prayer who was in the first Gap Band. Uh, he was actually there at the very beginning. Lawrence, he's a pastor now. But Robert passed in August. We saw each other for, the, all of us saw each other for the first time in a long time at Robert's funeral. After Robert's funeral and home going service, matter of fact, Ronnie and him asked me to sing. I actually sang at Robert's home going service. Uh, but afterwards, Ronnie called us. Did he call him? Did he call us about? Because Robert wanted the band to get back together. That was one of Robert's dreams. He wanted the band to get back together. And I think Ronnie called the folk that he wanted to pull together to be the, his band if he pulled it back together. Myself, Raymond, uh, and a few other Roman Johnson. Billy yep. Young, Jimmy Macon, uh, Fred Jenkins. Who else, Calhoun? Who else? Cherry um, Scott. Scott. Alfreda. Alfreda Gerald. The uh, band that was the band before they, Charlie went, the band that was the band before Charlie went solo. He literally he, broke away. He, right, with the exception of me. He actually called me too. So all those guys were still with the band except for me. But then he called me. We had a conversation. He said, man, I'm going to put the guy band back together. And we, of course, we were all for that. You know, we were all doing our individual things in different places in day jobs or still doing music part-time or full-time. Everybody was still busy. 
but this was a great idea. I think we just kind of all bought in and started talking about it with Ronnie. And uh, actually, you know, the first time out the gate in 2010, we got a couple of offers to do some dates, and the, Ronnie, the money was not where Ronnie felt like it should be. And uh, he said, no, if it's not at this amount, then I ain't going to do it. Uh, I forget who the guy was that offered, offered made the offer. Uh, but everything kind of fizzled a little bit, except for a few of us decided we were going to go and do some stuff anyway. So we did a couple of freebies over the next couple of years, put on a couple of things ourselves. Uh, but it wasn't until 2000, uh, was, yeah, 2016, last year, Ronnie revisited the idea, called us again. We actually got together down and uh, he asked us to come where he was. He was in San Antonio. And we actually came together. Somebody put money together for us to to rehearse for three weeks. And Ronnie pulled some people together who want, who had, got some dates on the books. And we actually did, uh, what, four dates with Ronnie as the Gap Band last year in uh, January and uh, February. You know, we started to put it together. Sounded good. And so that was kind of the inception of Gap Band coming back together. But, of course, we couldn't use the name, that brand, because – you know, Ronnie held ownership of that. Matter of fact, Calhoun and I, myself and Raymond were really instrumental in Ronnie trying to really make sure he secured the brand for himself. I actually filled out the paperwork to send to the uh, the uh, trademark pat, U.S. Patent Office to get that trademark to where he could use it. And uh, of course, things went kind of south, you know, because of you know, I don't want to talk about it and be negative about it, anything, but it just didn't work. And so the rest of us other outside of Ronnie decided, you know what, we need to go on and do this. And so we kind of pulled together, formed the LLC. Uh, it was six of us originally. And Jimmy, of course, he passed last year in September. It's five guys who were with the band before myself, Raymond, Roman Johnson, Terry Scott, and Billy Young formed the LLC. And since then, we formed Gap Experience, kind of shortened the name to Gap X, and we're Gap X the band now. So that's kind of how we came back together. Count, I mean, Raymond, if I miss something, you can kind of jump in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, in terms of any Gap band recordings, mm -hmm. if that's what you're asking to, Scott, that, that, that last record was Capital. That's the last time the Gap band was in the studio. Yeah. To do any record as the Gap. Well, not, that's not true. There were some records in between there, uh, uh, actually, for the Capitol record that you can kind of say it's for them to still try to get away from Lonnie or try to get something happens. Joe Sutter, for example, did its album called Funkin' in 2000. That was a like a, a record that some uh, private uh, uh, private um, you know, uh, investor did to try to put it on his label. Did nothing at all. Nothing at all. Uh, uh, but the brothers were still at that point in their lives where, you know, Charlie was still all along trying to do the solo thing. Solo, yeah. A couple of records over at uh, uh, MCA. He had a record, he had a, a record over at MCA. Uh, he had a record with Sylvia. Robinson in New Jersey. Then he had a record with major hits, Marlon McLean and Bobby Harris's label. And they put out a song called um, 
can't think of the name of the ballad. We um, it was a big ballad for Charlie that was on major hits. Uh, that kind of put set him up for his new deal with uh, Jive Records. Uh, so that's that's kind of how it all moved to where it was at. But in terms of the Rat Gap Band record, the last record the Gap Band did as the Gap Band on a major level was the Capitol record. That was it. Uh, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> sorry. So the the current configuration you're going by Gap Band experience or the Gap experience? Gap experience. Okay, you want to make sure. We're actually going with GAPX, you know, shortening it so people can actually say it. We're going with GAPX, the band. Okay. So you've been playing those songs for a while. You know, how do you keep it fresh, you know, for your your shows? And how rewarding is it to see the love that you still get for that music? Raymond, you want to do there it? Is. Oh, yeah, there it is. GAPX, the band. Got the logo and everything. Go ahead. Uh, oh, because I gotta answer this. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know, the music has its, has an energy, and after playing it live on the road for years, and you know, I was with the band three and a half years, and the foundation of that live record, I hear a lot of the elements from when I was still in the band. Some of the same hits, and some of the same turns, but of course, it got refined over the years with different musicians and auxiliary helpers, come players. But there's an energy in the music. That that is uniquely the Gap Band sound that Gap X now is able to reproduce without. I mean, when you hear us, you know, oh, these are the guys who are playing. These are the guys who played this music on the road and on these records all these years. Uh, with the exception of Charlie's voice, we have an amazing singer, uh, Charles Salter, who sounds amazingly like so close to Charlie. Uh, you know, there are some other things about Charlie that are unique to Charlie, but uh, uh, Max has the sound that really pulls these songs off and it's convincing. And you hear and you say, wow, yeah, that's that's Gap Band. But we're Gap X. And so there's an energy in it. There's a, this, fa this the factor of all those years doing it. And then, of course, we're massaging it. Of course, we're, we're going to do some things with it today that maybe weren't wasn't done. But for the most part, we're trying to, preserve the integrity of what people heard all those years and still keep it interesting for us. Uh, but you got to be careful about that. You know, keeping it interesting for you may be interesting for you, but the folk in the audience may be saying, yeah, that don't sound like the gap. And so we're trying to, you know, you know, keep a balance of keeping it interesting for us while at the same time, you know, maintaining the integrity of what people expect when they come out to hear gap band music. And then, of course, Scott, eventually we'd like to, you know, we're older guys now in our 50s and 60s. Uh, we'd like to do another record and not it not be a Gap Band record. It'd be Gap X uh, because we still got gifted songwriters and musicians in the group. And uh, whether, you know, whether it's as popular as the most popular act out there or not, that would be great. But I think the goal for us is to make sure that we continue to do music, do what we love doing, and give people an offering that is related to that stuff, but it's not mimicking that time period because that would be disingenuous, I think, you know, to try to come up with another song like Grand Rubber or another song that sounds like, I, I don't think that's the goal for us now. The goal for us now is just to genuinely and authentically reproduce that, that, that gap band sound from that era. And as well as at some point, I mean, I'm still writing. Uh, 
I know Raymond's still writing. Some other guys in the band still writing. So maybe do some new stuff too. You know, Cool and the Gang is doing it. Why can't we, man? <laughs> I think the trick is, uh, you know, not following trends, being true to that sound, and uh -huh. also making sure that you continue to bring the funk because yes, a lot of the bands from back then too, they might uh, come back and they they do that. They either try to trace chase a trend, or they get too mellow and quiet, stormy, and they forget about their funk roots. So yeah, yeah. yeah. SOS band's new record. I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it. Get ready. It's kind of reminds you of a "Just Be Good to Me." Just be good to me. Uh huh. Okay. They got a new record out now. I just listened to it last night. It, it, it just it almost feels like they got Jimmy Jam and him to go back in the studio with him and did that track <laughs> just like the other one. That what they're known for. So yeah. that let me know when I heard that last night. We can that do that. I think there's a trend in the older R&B groups like us to just kind of just go back to your roots, man, and just do what you do. Yeah, yeah. Do what you do. And, and when you get a chance, just bring it up on YouTube. It's called Get Ready. It's called, mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, I'll tell you the name of it right now. And uh, Yeah, I was going to say that uh, it seems like, it's always seemed like to me that for whatever reason, the rock bands, have kind of, you know, as they go along, the ones that have been around forever, you know, like the Stones or ACDC or ZZ Top and those guys, they stay true to that original sound that they had and keep bringing it to the people. But so many of the funk and R&B acts, they seem to try to chase trends or they get too mellow yeah. or they, you know, and they don't continue to bring what made them so unique and what people really love about them. Yeah. It's called Just Get Ready by the SOS Band. You can find right. it on YouTube for that but you'll say, damn, that's just like yeah. what they got the, the newer flavor on it, but it's still got that same yeah. SOS band. And that's kind of what you want to do. Yeah, you kind of want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like Mary, that. They got Mary's voice, of course, you know, which is the original voice. So yeah. all, all you need is a good song with her voice on it and yeah. give it that flavor again. Yeah. And then you, you kind of. Well, I like how. I like how the time was able to come back too a few years ago with that record. They had to use a different name, Original Seven, well, but seven. to me they still brought the funk and they still had you know Morris Day's attitude and all that. So yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think the Gap Band personally they had such a unique sound with Charlie and such a unique kind of uh, yeah time that it's really going to be difficult to try to reduplicate that. Yeah, without his voice, yeah. Without Voice because that it was magic in all of those songs. That's what we yes, sir. keep trying to uh, uh, we keep trying to emphasize that it was so much magic in all of those songs, man. During that period of time, you know that you know we didn't have no Jimmy Jams or Terry Lewis's or people like that coming yeah. in producing us on the day. Here's our song and we're producing on you. No, our thing was the what's the word? Collaborative. Collaborative effect from everybody in the band. Yeah. In the studio. Yeah. In long hours in the studio, you know, doing what we do in the studio to come up with that feel and that sound. And that's that's what it is. And, and that's why to this day, when we perform live, we can reduplicate that shit because we the guys that did it back then. Yeah. 
And it's when you hear it, you know. Yeah, these are the guys. These are the guys who did it. And so that, that that's the biggest asset we have. We know we were there. We still sound like we were there. We sound just so, like you know, it, I mean, it's unmistakable. You know, without Charlie's voice, of course, it's a little different. But Max, he sounds a lot like Charlie. And so we're excited about, you know, the potential to still have some influence in the industry and hopefully do a record because Max, he's a, a great guy in the studio, man. If we can get a good song that, that fits him and that fits us, I think we can, you know, we can make a little noise. You know, that's all we want to do. So, so that, you know, you know, when we do your program the next time, you can talk about our record that, you know, recaptured that, you know, that, you know, you mentioned uh, the time, Calhoun mentioned SOS. You can talk about Gap X. They're really, you know, you know, maybe we can have a record that actually does that successfully as well. I believe you can. I look forward to that very much. So before we uh, wind it down here, um, you know, how can uh, listeners and viewers, how can they keep up with Gap X? You know, where are you going to be playing? We you know what Facebook website, whatever, where they need to go to stay plugged into to you guys. Wow. Good question, Raymond. What you answer that one? We got a new Instagram, for example, Gap X the fan. Yeah. That seems to be the trend these days to have the social media uh, sites. You can go to our, our new Instagram. Uh, it's uh, GapX the band, and 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 like us on that. Tell them do we need as many as likes as possible on that. Like us, follow us. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also, we have a Facebook page. Uh, I guess is it is it still the Real Gap Experience or what is it? I, it's the Real Gap Experience. That's what we have. Man. Real Gap Experience on Facebook. We don't have a Twitter set up yet. And, um, and we don't have an actual web page set up yet either. And we're working we're on a web right now. Yeah. But, so. uh, you know, we're selling T-shirts, merchandise and stuff. Well, you know, and uh, you can go to the site, man, and, and find out where we're playing and our dates. Oh, here it is, Calhoun, our latest deal, man. We just made a cultivated Calhoun. Matter of fact, you were responsible for cultivating a relationship with Pyramid Entertainment. If you go to pyramid-ent.com, click on funk bands, we're there. There's our autobiographical autobiograph- stuff, there's a sample of our live performance, a sizzle reel. So go to pyramid-ent.com, Pyramid Entertainment. And uh, we're 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 one of their artists now that they're booking. Right. And so uh, you can go to yeah. Selling Entertainment as well. Yeah. Uh, we're on there. Those are two agents that are involved in our uh, live performances and stuff like that. We're booking the band right now. Yeah. Great. Excellent. Thank you for that. So time to wrap up this edition of Truth and Rhythm. A huge thanks to my special guests, Mr. Raymond Calhoun. And Mr. Oliver Scott, thank you again. Both of you really appreciate it so much. Thank you. Well, good being with you. Adams. Be sure to look out for upcoming episodes of Truth and Rhythm and catch up with previous installments at funkinstuff.net and on YouTube, iTunes, and other leading podcast providers. If you're an artist or musical figure interested um, in being on this program or you're a fan and you want to see someone on this program, Zip me an email, and we'll see if we can get it done for you. Until next time, on behalf of both Raymond Calhoun and Oliver Scott, keeping it real.
Gapex the best. Gapex, Gapex. <laughs> For all the gappers and finger snappers still out there. This is Scott Goldfine saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one. <laughs>